This is the Greenhouse Podcast. We share thoughts and practical tips on career and life so you can grow. And I'm your host, Steve Perkins. And today on the episode, we are starting a two-part series really on the topic of networking. Okay, wait, wait. Just please don't like stop listening right now because aren't you already don't bored stop, by the, tit- the title? <laughs> networking. Yeah. Oh, boring. Which we always correct. We say networking and then we quickly correct ourselves. Oh, we don't yes. even like the word. We don't because I think people, it's over-talked about. Yeah, but that's kind of the point is because of the word and the stigma, like we avoid it, like the plague, or we just, we things hold us back because instead of seeing it as just genuine conversations with other people and connecting with other humans, it's become this whole we, thing. Yeah, we, it's, I feel like it's like, dun, dun, dun. That's yeah. how I feel when I hear the word. Yes. <laughs> but, but why are we talking about networking? Like, who do, wh- like why are we talking about if it's boring, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what situation does it apply right. in? Oh, thank you for asking. So, actually, I, I have a whole topic, part one and part two, is because I actually like to call it something completely different. You ready for it? Maybe you won't be so bored by it. I'm not ready yet. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. Curious conversations is what I've kind of called it because I feel like it's just curiosity. How do you become curious about an individual? But that's not totally my focus in part one today. Part one, I'm going to remind us why it's so important, okay? Because it's just life. We need to connect with human beings. We do. There's so much to be learned. But really what I want to focus on today is what's your thing that holds you up? What's the barrier to networking for you? And that's what I want to focus on today because I feel when I've coached people, if you can identify it, Mm -hmm. then you can work through it instead of just avoiding it the rest of your life because you're afraid. Well, it's good because I'm thinking even as just an entrepreneur, a business owner, I also need to be networking all the time. I'm definitely not looking for a job, but I need to be connecting with people and, um, And that comes with its whole set of challenges now after a year of being kind of isolated and not in social settings. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to somebody else who um, also not in job search mode, also not a business owner, but just general social settings. Um, there There were some challenges with that. But now she feels that amped up because, again, a year of not being in them. It's oh, kind so of, you're saying like, so sometimes it's not even around the topic of networking. It's sometimes just connecting. Yeah, you like go to a happy our, hour and it's 10 like, new people like, th- and you have yeah, to like, okay. you have to make conversations right. uh, or some people who have to go to lots of fundraising events. Mm-hmm. I feel like it actually shows up in a lot of places. It does. It but does. you always work with people specifically in a career transition mode where it really matters. Mm-hmm. Like you have to nail this. It's not just, you do. oh, I didn't make a friend at that happy hour. Right. It's, <laughs> it's not about the friend you're making at the happy hour. Yeah. No, it isn't interesting. I know that you know who I'm talking about, but we've had some very specific clients of ours say that it like the, the job search, like the game was changed the minute they put the hat on of, oh, talk to people, mm-hmm. that the, the blind applying thing was not getting them as far. But you're right. I don't want to focus there too much today. I'm going to just actually go through a list of all uh, of other ideas of why we network and that, that work. That is good. And I think that whole phrase, it's all about who you know, it, it oh, is true, right? I know. Y- you have some good statistics on it, but it's very rare that a resume in a stack of resumes is going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just having some strategies, having more confidence around how to mm-hmm. 
just be curious and genuine and authentic in conversations Huge. with people. Yeah. And I feel like even right there when you said um, a resume is not going to just get you the job, like that's another reason some people might just say, I'm going to, I'm not going to listen any further. Like it, that is an overwhelming feeling to people who just really want to believe that this is the thing that will do it. So I really hope to just put people at ease today and yeah. give them a strategy. So in part two, we're going to talk about our personalities around it. This one, we're going to talk about the why and what's your barrier. All right. I'm taking notes too. I, I mean, I always <laughs> felt this, especially early in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. oh man it just yeah you just kind of tense up feeling like mm-hmm. well I have to go like talk to people mm-hmm. and you put it off and put it off and you just kind of find more more little emails to answer <laughs> yeah, something absolutely. to try and put it off <laughs> absolutely. so yeah. I know I know you're kind of the master of this so I'm taking notes too well yeah but I'll talk about that in the next one too yeah I'm the master of like not feeling shy necessarily but I had to learn to be strategic so we'll get to that as well so here's just reasons first of all just a statistic is that 95% of people who are looking for jobs find their jobs through networking so that's a high number very high number so now setting aside the job seekers look at all the other reasons that we are supposed to uh network or connect with curiosity there are what do people do for a living like what if you're thinking about making a shift like what if people do hey i need help i have a skill set that you have that i don't have could i learn from you could i ask a few questions around that so i need help i do want to make a shift like i'm thinking whoop this hasn't been working for me i want to move over to this area the next one is i want to learn a very specific skill so that i need help is general this one is hey i actually need that specific skill or i need to learn your approach that's another one um I needed a referral or a recommendation. These are all lists of reasons that we go. uh Um, And then I love to actually flip the switch too and remember that it's so important to think also, how can I help you? That Mm. we we network with people to help others as well. And those are the ones that really stand out. I don't know about you, but when someone has reached out to help me, oh my gosh, it's like I never forget them. Well, what's hitting me right now is how helpful it can be at the beginning of a conversation, especially if it's with a stranger or new acquaintance, to mm-hmm. just say which of those reasons you're here for. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a conversation <laughs> a with a new point. person and the whole time all I can think is why, why are, we, are here? we here? Right. <laughs> what are you trying to get from me? What is this about? And you're right. So it can, that's a great cause, Steve, because it can make someone feel a little anxious the whole time. Are they, because nobody likes, well, hey, do you have a job? Like no one likes that one. Do you have a job for me? It's like too much pressure. So... You're right. Be very clear, either in your email or in your text or in your phone call to say, hey, I would love to meet for 25, 20 minutes or so because I'm thinking about a career shift and what you do is interesting to me. Boom. Boom. And then they're like, all righty. And they also feel kind of like, woohoo, thank well, you. And come on. I mean, so many people listening to this are in the, in the bucket of, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be in an awkward situation and seem... Mm-hmm. Not genuine, right? And like this, oh, yes, this right here, boom! Yeah. You've cleared the decks, mm-hmm. and now it's genuine because yes. we all know why we're here. You've just stated it plainly. Yeah, I ran into someone the other day who works for a company, and one of the leaders had reached out to me in, in the past, and we met uh, for breakfast a few times, and and so we were kind of joking. I was like, yeah, yeah, I've met him. We had breakfast. Actually, I don't know why we were having breakfast. <laughs> I think he wanted to. Help me with, I don't, I don't know why. And the yeah. person started laughing. They're like, yeah, yeah. He was trying to sell you his book. Right. But he never really <laughs> I was like, oh, this is, this is probably five years mm. ago. I'm like, oh. Right. So he didn't even get to that, though. You didn't even pick up on that. And I'm a person who's very open to like, 
ambiguous situations, right. most people aren't. Most people are out <laughs> if they don't know what we're doing, what right. we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I really like that tip right there. Call it out. Yeah. Okay, so let's just kind of start there. So all those reasons why, all those reasons could, be, why. could be reasons why you would try to have these curious right. conversations and network. Yes. Yeah. And I would like to talk today about what holds you back from that. So first of all, hopefully there's some freedom in thinking it's not just about, hey, I need a job, which actually is the worst reason to, to reach out. Hey, you know, and, and we'll talk about that in podcast number two and the language that we use. But just freedom in the fact that it's about having just curiosity about something specific. All right. So I thought I would just call out what the top five excuses that people give me Perfect. for why. Okay. So one is that... I don't have enough, that they're worried that the individual doesn't have time for them. Mm -hmm. That's the first one. Number two is rejection. That one is probably the most talked about. Well, time and rejection, honestly, are pretty equal. Yeah. Um, number three, they actually say to me, I don't know what to say. I actually, I just don't know what to say. Or what if they're awkward like me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one cracks uh -huh. me up. That's terrifying to people. Terrifying. Number four. We're just both going to be sitting there awkward. Uh, uh, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, then you're in good company. Like, because you're both awkward. <laughs> yeah. I'm just picturing someone in the booth, like across the room, kind of observing like, wow, they look really awkward. Really awkward there. Do you know what? That's actually a real thing though. I mean, I have one son who is really, really, really shy and he says, and that's actually number point number four, shy. What to say and shy are a little bit connected, but he is so thankful when he is with someone who can carry the conversation because he doesn't have to feel the weight of it. So he himself has said, if both of us don't know how to carry the conversation, I just want to die. Yeah. It's like, so, so what do we do? So what do we do then? And then the last one is just, honest anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like there is obviously anxiety is a diagnosis, but I'd like to talk a little bit about what's natural anxiety versus the diagnosis of anxiety. Yeah. So that's what we're going to focus on those five barriers. All right. Um, do you, I hope you have more to say about it cause I don't, and I'm really yeah. <laughs> feeling awkward. <laughs> I do have more to say about okay. it. All right. So let's step into the first one. The first one is that they don't have time for me. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I clear up there, and these aren't like rocket science tips, by the way, but they're just mental shifts. First thing is when I go through them, I want you to think to yourself, which one am I afraid of? I think that's step one, because then you got to work through it. So let's talk through time, like I said. So the most, the biggest, the biggest concept that you need to think about there is just, listen, you're deciding something for someone else. So don't decide they don't have time for you. Let them decide that they don't have time for you. So can you see where I'm going here? Mm -hmm. We build things up in our head. Oh, they're going to think I'm, I, I, um, I'm wasting their time. Or they're so busy. I, they don't have time for me. Well, guess what? I don't know about you, but have you ever gotten an email from someone who said, hey, um, I mean, you're a business owner. Are you busy? Oh, so this happens all the time now. Okay. Like once you have that kind of title, then it shifts. Yeah, and people, people are like, all the time I get together with people and the first thing they say is, I, I know you're really busy. And I do think it to myself, like, that's fine. I would have chose not to come if, if I was too right, busy. Like right. I chose to come here. We're fine. Mm -hmm. And, and a little bit of, I'm an adult. I can manage my time. Yeah. <laughs> like, not that I'm mad at them, but you know, no, it's to totally. your point. Like give people the decency and respect of right. they can make their own choices for mm -hmm. themselves. Don't assume don't assume the answer for them. Yes. Yeah. So I tell people to flip the switch all the time. So I always say, All right, so imagine someone emailed you and said, Hey, 
I've got, I'm curious about this potential job shift and uh, I'd love 20 minutes of your time. Are you okay? Now, if I got that email, Steve, I would be like 20 minutes. Sure. No. Is there, are there times I can barely find 20 minutes? Yes. So I could say something similar. Let's, I could say, Hey, I'd love to, it might be a couple of weeks. So I can get back to you. Please remind me, re-reach out again if I don't, which I think is a really big one. And that you put the ownership back on, on them. them. Let me point right, that exactly. out. Yeah. Have a busy couple of weeks. Or this is the other one people are like, well, what if what if I email them and, and they, they, uh, they don't have time for me? They, they say they're too busy. Email them back and say, is there anyone else that you could introduce me to? First of all, take a deep breath. Are you okay if they say they don't have time for you? Yes. So if that's the worst thing that happens is that they don't have time for you. You're still breathing. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> and, and that does happen. And sometimes that anxiety creeps in when, okay, I sent an email to Sunday. It's been three days. She oh, hasn't responded yes. yet. Maybe yeah. she hates me. Maybe she's, maybe, maybe, maybe. And it's like, oh, you are you right. Probably the, just the story forgot. we start telling ourselves in our head yeah. usually is not reality. Right. It's actually because yeah. you have 200 emails in your inbox mm-hmm. and you just haven't gotten to it. I know, right. <laughs> so. Or I saw it once. But I didn't get back to it. Actually, yeah. I, I know I've been talking a little bit about Masterclass a lot lately. Mm-hmm. I've been watching Robin Roberts. Mm-hmm. I just love her. This is about mm, authenticity and communication, which are two of my favorite topics. And I feel like she just oozes authenticity. But she actually said on her and her Masterclass, she's like, can I just give you a piece of advice? She's like, I work with a lot of interns. She's like, and do you think those interns often want a conversation with me? Yes. She's like, so if I don't get back to you, she even said it. She's like, do not start telling yourself I don't like you. <laughs> just re- reach out to me. She gave the two-week deadline, and that's actually what I do too. I'm a two-week person. Like, If they don't get back to you in two weeks, reach out to them again. So I don't want to belabor this one. My tip is just don't assume people don't have time for you ask anyway. So if that's your issue, move past that one. Got it? Got it. Number two, I said this one was equally as uh, challenging to people and it's rejection. Okay. Rejection's hard our whole life long, right? I mean, we're always afraid. What if they say no? What if I don't get that job? What if I, I mean, what if I ask them to marry me and they say no? What if I ask her to be my girlfriend and she says no? It's like, like rejection is a part of our life, right? So we have to, of course, grow some skin and bones there around that topic. Yeah. Right. Because uh-huh. no one ever wants us for all things. Right. Like that's a reality. Right. Right. But I do think in terms of networking that people think rejection is going to be like, I send you an email and you send me back a big capital N O with an exclamation. No. <laughs> and people, that's what the, the story I'm telling myself. Uh-huh. And have you ever received, like have you ever sent an email like that? Steve? No. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. Yeah. And do you really think that many people send that kind of an email? Right. Yeah, no. that is that is interesting because it is so subconscious. Like mm-hmm. very few of us are probably consciously telling ourselves that story. Right. But if you stop and thought about it beneath the surface, that is kind of what's going on. We're, it's like we're blowing it up in our minds. Yeah. So now here's the reality. Some people might, you're not going to typically get a no. You're typically going to get a no reply. And if you get a no reply and you've tried once and then again in two weeks, I usually drop it. But I always say, okay, if that was your sense of rejection, can you handle it? I think we can. Do mm-hmm. you agree? Like, but I think in our brains, the rejection is much bigger than that. But honestly, the rejection is, oh, darn it. They didn't get back to me. Move on. Which is still, I would argue, better than the what ifs of if you never tried I in the first know. place. Oh, it's a great point. If I'd only, uh, what if I had, you're right. Yeah. What if, sir, we'll destroy you too, right? Yeah. I got yeah. an email back just yesterday from somebody who 
uh, it was just a weird reply. It, w- it was a little bit like they seemed upset about something maybe. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I got in my own head and I'm building all these stories. I think I have like three <sighs> different stories at this point of why <laughs> he hates me so much now, you know. And but then I had a thought this morning, like, well, you know, maybe that's just a good signal of it's not really worth pursuing that relationship mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. At, or just kind of leave it up to him, you know. There's a lot of people in back. this world. I mean, it's one person. Right. So dealing with what rejection really looks like, honestly, I think is the point. So go there in your head. I'm just glad you brought that one up because I do think it takes on a lot of forms and sometimes we don't, we don't even realize mm-hmm. that that's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I know I struggle with this in yeah. so many ways yeah. and with friendships and with family and yeah. you just don't want someone to be unhappy with you or disappointed with you or mad at you and right. all the different and versions. And also the reality is if you do ask, have a specific request and someone does politely say no and that is some form of rejection, you're still okay. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're okay. Like the, you don't need to put all of your emotions in that one no. And of course, you know, there's lots of rejection around job seekers. It's like, get used to lots of no's. <laughs> and especially with that one, the person delivering the no, yeah. they're fine. They've they're been, fine. They're doing this mm-hmm. all day. So yeah, right. we're <laughs> the ones that need a moment. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So number three is what do I say? Now in our Okay, so we have a free community, right? That's the greenhouse community. It's a free community that people come in, but we have a lot of job seekers who purchase this course that I do called, um, well, it's a course for job seekers, right? <laughs> Land your ideal job, right? That's uh-huh. it. Look, I can't even remember the name of my own course. <laughs> it's real, I swear. Right. <laughs> and I do have a, I actually have a lot of documents supporting this topic of networking because it's the, it's the game changer for me. But creating what to say, creating an agenda is one of my tips. Come up, like, don't just blindly show up and say, all right, I, I, yeah, I get this conversation with Steve today for 20 minutes. First of all, clarify the why. And then think about, don't waste this time. Don't sit there and talk small talk for 10 minutes about what, I don't even know. Yes. The weather. Yeah. Ask how the weather is, move past. And then you even say, hey, I only asked for 20 minutes here. I just want to really be very specific. So I always say, come with a list of at least three questions that you want to ask. What do you want to know? Like, what is the takeaway here? You won't, you won't struggle with what to say if you're clear, if you come prepared. Got it? Also, there's that whole podcast I have out there, which is tell, tell me about yourself. You do need to be prepared how to answer the question because the person you're sitting across from might actually say, so first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to connect today. So you got to have a good answer there. Do you agree? Yeah. And it, it, it creates two things that maybe might not be in the mind of the person going into the networking. So you go into it thinking, I really want X result from this. Like I want to get the job. Right. I want to have whatever happen as a result of this conversation. And I think why it's such a game changer, especially for the job seekers, is because even if you get no res- immediate result from that, you gain confidence. You gain mm-hmm. a ton of confidence by knowing what you're going to say, mm-hmm. which is often the problem why people aren't showing up well, why yeah. their skills aren't translating, why the person on the other side of the table isn't impressed right. because you're not showing up confidently. Mm-hmm. So it creates confidence when you know what to say, but it also um, creates this domino effect where they might not be the one with the job for you, but they know someone else you should talk to. Yeah. And then that person is a good conversation. They know someone else and, and three or four connections out is where you actually land the job. Yeah. And we see that happen all the time. And so you kind of have to have that bigger 
uh, that bigger vision in mind mm-hmm. that showing up well here might not be the the end game, mm-hmm. but if you show up well and you know what to say and then have that confidence, it leads to more opportunities. Oh yeah, absolutely. When I'm coaching people, I always tell people the first point of contact that you have might not be the person who actually knows the thing. It's just where you start, but you have to be bold enough to say, all right, so you've helped me and it looks like you might know some people who have this particular, would you be okay introducing me? So you make the first warm connection and then you listen and you look for that, but you also don't shy away from asking that. So I always tell people that my first coaching job outside of the communications realm was four steps away from the first conversation I had. The first guy said, yeah, you have a curiosity about you that I think you'd be a great coach. Let me introduce you to boom. And then it was boom. Number four was the hiring manager. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had the same experiences. And now as I'm connecting a lot of people to others, uh, don't I mean, you I can love think that, of, by the way? Oh, it's so fun. I love it. I find a lot of joy there. I do too. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of my, like in my kind of life mission statement, it's in there. I just mm-hmm. love connecting, making connections between people, ideas. But I mean, it happened a couple times last week when someone approaches me and it's not genuine and they're yeah. not confident. I, I'm not looking to connect them. Nope. Because I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to feel good about that, and yeah. like it represents me well, <laughs> right? So there's that that dynamic is really important. Oh, by the way, thanks for calling that out too. You're right. I'm not. You're right. I am not going to recommend someone if I don't feel a. I don't even know what put my finger on it, but something. Because that that person I introduced them to is really representing me. I love yeah. that you called that out. So also feel comfortable to say no. <laughs> I hate to say it. They'll have to deal with it. Maybe they'll ask why. And I would have to say, you know, here's why. And I might actually give some real feedback there. Yeah. You've quit five jobs in the last year. It makes me a little uncomfortable. Let's talk about that first, you know? Well, I mean, that could be a whole podcast, obviously, (laughs) but especially, I mean, I think I can speak for people my age and definitely younger. It it's a real problem. We don't voice what we're actually thinking. Mm -hmm. We beat around the bush or some like, Mm-hmm. subcultures do this and and we kind of say everything except the actual truth of what we're thinking mm-hmm. because we're afraid that we'll hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, really the most loving thing you could do for this person is tell them like hey, uh no because of these reasons. Uh like in my case this person who was just coming off really abrasive. Mm-hmm. If I don't tell that person, they're going to go on doing that more mm-hmm. and more and more. It's actually it's actually really helpful and loving if I can point that out. Mm-hmm. Um but it is hard. It is hard to to deliver it is. truth in that way. It is. And I, I don't know about you, but I've had truth delivered to me. And while it wasn't always like, thank you so much, <laughs> it was a little like, oh, okay, got to work on that. Yeah, you're, like, you are kind of glad, yeah. even if it stings. Oh, I would say that most of the feedback I've gotten in my life, even though it stings a little bit, has been life-changing for mm-hmm. me. Like, I'm so thankful that somebody said, hey, this small shift here or the way you're coming across here, ugh. Like yeah. How else do we learn? Yeah, we just we're so comfortable with ourselves, we can't always read ourselves well. Yeah, yeah. So the next one was shy. So I don't have a ton more to say about shy because in, in the sense that shy is very similar to what to say sometimes. So with shy, I'm going to say it's about preparedness, preparedness. But also, I would say that it is about starting with a safe place. So if you are shy, I would say that the best approach for you is to, ex- not to extrovert, sorry, yeah, probably a little bit of that, <laughs> um, to 
network with some safe people first, like maybe your parents introduced you or a good friend introduced you. It's like some, it's like a total stranger. You need to grow in the skill set first because of your shyness really taking over. But again, bringing it back to that son of mine that's really shy, he would say that learning key phrases and learning points to ask good questions helps so much. There are strategies. He's researched yeah. them on how to help with your shyness. Have you ever had like an introvert friend or a shy friend asked to practice with you? Oh, completely. Yes. I've done a total fake mock networking session with someone to yeah. get them just the level of confidence. Did you, how did you feel about it on your end? It felt, I felt great. I'm not uncomfortable in most settings, so it felt really great. So, But I always feel like the person's already so comfortable with me that it's not always... I've already made them feel at ease because right. it's my like right. little thing. Uh-huh. But I definitely would say, hey, let's do one mock one. And then I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce you to, to my friend Steve. And he also is very safe. But I, you guys don't know each other well, and I think the next place, best place for you is to try it out there. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm like, no, there's nothing to lose. He's not even a person in which is connected to a job you're interested in. You're right. just learning. It's just for practice. Yeah, it's just for practice. That, that yeah. is, and to, to me, that also sounds like a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just learn, learning this more and more. People want to help. It's fun to help. And it feels sometimes like you don't know where or when mm-hmm. to help others. So if I can use my skills, something I'm good at, yeah. to help you with something you're trying to work on, mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't like that? Yeah, I Everyone know. loves to they kind do. of help in I the strengths that I love it. I do. And unless I'm like completely overwhelmed and I just need to wait. But, you know, you also called another really good point there is I have been surprised at the majority of people in this world that I want to actually help. I have so many clients who are, who are like, ah, and then they're like, oh my gosh, I reached out. They said yes. And I'm like, dun, dun, dun. you know, like people actually really, if you approach it right, want to help. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the last one is anxiety. Now, I feel like I could sometimes do a whole podcast on anxiety, but what I want to focus on, because I'm not a psychologist in this area or a specialist in this area, is the natural anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a confusion right now, is that there's a lot more talk of anxiety than ever before in the world, but there's also been more anxiety in the world, especially this last year. But I feel like when I was growing up, no one ever talked about this before. Now everyone's talking about it. But the one thing I just like to call out is I feel like not enough people are talking about healthy anxiety. I was just thinking that because it now has gotten all labeled as negative as a negative and as something that's like done to me and I have no control over it. Right. So from both angles, it's actually, there are some healthy version, some healthy aspects of it. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you talk about nervous energy, yes. like sometimes being nervous is good because it, it pushes, pushes you to you do forward. the thing, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, both of us have been on stages and know like that's always going to be there and it's good that, mm-hmm. that form of nerves. And I think there is a similarity with yeah. anxiety. I, I think I've told you before that like my, one of my kids, you have five of them. So there's always a story around each one. <laughs> around mm-hmm. One of them really felt like, oh no, you don't understand. I have anxiety around a, um, going in for a job interview. And I literally was like, like, welcome to the world. I mean, that wasn't, it wasn't debilitating anxiety, but she kind of felt like, oh, if I'm feeling anxious, doesn't that mean, and I was like, no, you're terrified because you've never, ever had a job interview before. You are naturally afraid because you don't know what to expect. So that to me is like, call that out. You're going to be anxious to some point. Now, where it becomes debilitating is when someone feels like they can't even show up. Or there's something called a anxiety, like a panic attack, where the heart starts beating really, really fast. And those are things that we need to medically talk about. But don't let the word anxiety make you afraid that you can't step into 
healthy anxiety. Yeah. That's really all I want to call out. I think it's a good call out. And I think, you know, everyone uh, gets the fact that we're talking about there's different kind of shades of it. And there's, there's a level which is, no, this is, this is a good kind of nervous thing that's going to help you move forward. Um, I think about some of the early jobs I had that were terrible jobs. <laughs> painful, what we do difficult. Those early, I was scared every jobs. morning to go to. And, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I'm on the cusp of the last generation that kind of did some of that before mm-hmm. the job that I loved. You know, it wasn't straight into my dream job. Yeah. Many terrible jobs yeah. before that that gave me the confidence. <laughs> sure. uh, but yeah, tons of times were scared, anxious, nervous. And, and I look back and see, okay, those versions of the anxiety were, were good things. They helped me grow. Mm-hmm. I love this one quote around that, and then we'll close out, is um, the more we avoid feeling anxious, the more power it has over us. It actually grows the more we avoid. So kind of step into that healthy anxiety sooner than later. Don't you agree? You know how if you delay, you delay, uh-huh. you delay, you delay. It gets, it just grows. Well, yeah, you and I both do this in coaching sessions sometimes, <laughs> <Yeah>. one-on-one, we'll say. <laughs> Somebody will bring something like this up, thinking yeah. in their head, like, okay, this is going to be homework for me over the next three months to work on. Mm-hmm. And we'll just say, okay, right now, let's, right. let's just role play this. And <laughs> they, like, they right kind of, <laughs> every time, right? Yeah. Almost every time the other person's like, wait, wait, right now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's just try this. Absolutely. And I love then to that's do that. actually where you start laughing at yeah. yourself and mm-hmm. you start getting over the anxiety because, mm-hmm. yeah, you're just kind of confronting it head on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of all the years, this is just a, my, you want to know what one of the things I get anxious about yeah. over and over and over again. It's the dumbest, this is just the dumbest thing. And I, okay, so like I've been on a million trips in my life, but I have a little bit of packing anxiety. Yeah. I don't know why. And the funny thing is, my point there is, is I'll be thinking about it for days. Oh my God, we're going on a trip and I got to pack, I got to pack. I don't know what it is. And then the minute I start packing, I realize, Sunday, what the freak were you being? So it was, it, 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 you're done in 20 minutes. It was done. But guess what? You, next time I go on a trip, <laughs> yep. I try to change the story there, but yeah. it's, but the more I delay it though, that's what I'm learning. Uh-huh. Like don't wait till 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. You need a, <laughs> you need a bag, backpacking coach. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. So we all have our areas. So yeah. I know we've run out of time here. I'm just going to say that the, the two top things, the two takeaways from whatever it is that you need to identify, well, three things. So the first one is identify it. Uh, okay. Two or three. I know three. Figure okay. Ready? Ready? Gosh. <laughs> One, identify what your barrier is. Boom. Okay. That's the start. You can't fix anything if you don't know what's the problem. Uh Number two is that being prepared and practicing will actually help change the game for you there. You will grow in confidence if you learn to prepare and practice. And then number three is, I'm just going to say, don't go there to the, to the negative stories in your head. We create such drama in our heads. And I'm just going to say, don't go there. And that's it. Do you want more great content like this, but 24-7? Check out our membership, The Greenhouse Method. It's an online course with built-in community and coaching made just for you to figure out what's next in your life, leadership, career, or business. Visit greenhouseculture.co, that's .co, or the link in the show notes to learn more.